Well, welcome to the table. I'm Thomas Thompson, your host today, and excited to continue this conversation in this season of uh, Welcome to the Table as we talk about being sent and unpacking these amazing words of Jesus that he shared with us right after the resurrection, where he said, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And so we're just asking the question, what, what does that look like to live that way in different people's lives? And how are people living that verse out? How are they living sent lives? And so uh, I'm excited to have some guests here at the table with us today. But uh, first of all, I am thrilled to have our co-host today, Kyle Collins. Hi, Thomas. Hey, Kyle. Good morning. We, good morning. We've had a good time already on this season. I'm excited about the guys that have joined us today. Okay. Uh, these are two guys that I really enjoy hanging out with and spending time with. I'm joined by Luke Robleski and Brian Worster. So, hey, guys, welcome. Brian, uh, Luke, would you guys introduce yourselves? Um, yeah, I'm Brian Worcester. Um, just so you know who I am, I'm a, just a remodeling contractor around town. I do work, you know, I'm not actually a contractor. I do work for other companies. That's how I fit into this of being sent as part of what I'm doing. Cool. Great. Uh, my name is Luke Robleski, and I'm a facilities director at a church in Colorado Springs. We've been talking a lot this season about this idea of being sent. And one of the things we've said each week is that it is not just activity. It's not just stuff we do, but it's kind of connected to who we are. And it's part of our identity as Christ followers. So I know that both of you guys are connected to something called Love Your Neighbor. And with that, you're doing stuff on the weekends and in the evenings. And I've heard of all kinds of different projects I'd love to unpack. But tell us, what is Love Your Neighbor and how did it start? Yeah, so Love Your Neighbor is basically just a group of people who get together who simply want to live out Jesus' love um, and love their neighbors here in Colorado Springs. Um, the way we got started out a few years ago this time of year in Colorado Springs, we're sort of known through the wintertime to have super high winds. We had some 100-mile-an-hour wind gusts uh, come through the city who just, just blew down fences all over town. And so me and a couple of my buddies, we decided, hey, there's a lot of people out there who need help, um, who can't fix their fences. And so they're just going to be without for a long time. So we, we overloaded my truck with fence pickets and posts and cement, and we drove around and helped people clean up and fix their fences. Um, and as we were going home that night, we just got to thinking, man, we should, we should do this all the time. Like, we're capable. Some of these people aren't capable. This is something we've been gifted with. Let's, let's use that to love others. So that was sort of the start of the Love Your Neighbor team. We gained traction really quickly, started picking up little projects. And so we had sort of an information session at our church one day and uh, had a sign up. And that's actually where I first met Brian. He came over to the table. Um, he's a very quiet guy, kind of keeps to himself. I'd never met him before. And he said, oh, yeah. I could sign up and I think, okay, we'll see. Sometimes people sign up and they don't have a lot of talents, but you never know. <laughs> and so Brian was not that way. So Brian has been an integral part of our team since really day one. Yeah, I came in. Um, it was something that it was like perfect timing in my life. It was something that I really wanted to do. Um, I, I really, really enjoy doing things for other people and I always have. And this was kind of a formal way to do it and put it into perspective. So, Brian, you are uh, a remodeler. You do construction work and things like that. You're a facilities director, Luke. Tell us about some of the makeup of, of folks that are doing this. Is it all people with a bunch of specialty skills that are jumping in? Um, can you give us a little bit of a, a, just a picture of the scope of things that you guys have tackled together? Uh, yeah, so that's what's really neat about our Love Your Neighbor team. 
We help, we work on lots of different steps. We'll fix fences. We've remodeled kitchens. We've built wheelchair ramps, just big projects like that. But we also focus on building beds for underprivileged kids. And uh, a fun part of that process is being able to bring other kids and other people into that. Um, there's a lot of people who don't want to be swinging hammers or running a saw. And honestly, they shouldn't be. <laughs> um, but we've had a very a variance of ages um, come through. We've had four-year-olds and 74-year-olds come on a build day where we meet in the workshop. We're just building beds. Um, some people are running a sander. Um, a family's over there with all their kids staining the bunk beds for these kids. It's really an amazing process. No matter what you do or what you feel gifted at, this is an easy way to get connected. It's so easy to get connected. We have some people who don't ever come build the beds, but they come deliver. Um, and they never touch a drill, they never touch a screw, um, but they connect with the family while we're putting the beds up, while we're helping this family out. They're just being there with them because they have these strangers in their home. It's always a little bit of a weird situation. Um, but some people just come and sit with the family, sit with the kids, sit with the mom or grandma who's taken in these kids and just love on them while we're there serving. Now, I know uh, some insider information, and I heard that you guys have built 300 beds at this point. But, but tell me about that. Unpack that because that might seem strange for folks. Why beds? Like why, why bunk beds? Where did that come about and how did you kind of get there? So we went on our very first bed delivery about two years ago. Um, we got a request from a family. And we bought two bunk beds from Walmart. And I don't know if you have ever built anything from Walmart, but it is not fun. And so Brian was on that delivery. Um, do you want to give him a little bit of rundown of how fun that was, Brian? Well, it, it was obviously it was fun just because you're helping out somebody else. But it was, it was putting together something that instructions are vague at the best. And it was just more of a, of a just kind of makeup as you're going and, and got it all together. But it worked out and everybody was happy, but we thought, well, there's probably a simpler way to do this. <laughs> yeah, because it didn't matter our frustration. We had four guys in a tiny room putting together two bunk beds, sweating like crazy <laughs> for three hours. And then the kids are there because they're excited about their new beds. And we're, you're frustrated because things don't go together the way, the way you want. Um, and then at the end of the night, these little girls, they are so pumped up to go to bed. Um, and that just, it, it just breaks our heart and it fills your heart at the same time. These kids are so excited for their new bed. A lot of the kids that we deliver to come from really hard situations. A lot of them before they're 10 years old go through more in their lives than I have in my 36 years. Um, so it just, it blows me away to see these kids so excited for something as simple as a bed. And since we, we delivered those first two beds, we were hooked. So I'm picturing the scene, you're in the room, you're, you're, trying to find the right bolt and screw and, and putting together, you know, maybe a, a poorly made bed in and the room, in, 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 the, in, in the, the room house. while these, the, the kids are watching and, and you leave and go, what? Like we, we need to make our own design for bunk beds. We could do it better ourselves. Yeah. Really. Luke did. He came up, he said, this is simpler. And he came up with a really simple design. Uh, we've changed it probably, you know, three or four times since the very beginning, but it's still basic, the basic concept that he created to create a real simple to put together bed and a real sturdy bed that, that we're happy to have the children have. So help us understand what would create a need for a bed? Like I, I why are there kids that don't have beds? What's happening there in a house? And there's a lot of different situations. Um, somewhere mom and dad um, get the kids taken away because of abuse or neglect or drug use or whatever the situation is. Um, and they go to live with grandma or they go to live with their aunt and uncle. Um, well, they have about 30 days to provide beds for the kids um, to stay with family. And that's always the, 
the first goal. That's always what they want to do. If they can't provide beds for the kids, they end up just going into the foster care system, mm-hmm. um, which is something you just, there's a lot of loving foster families out there, but it's still better to be with family. Um, or we have, we work a lot with a lot of the foster agencies around town um, to where a family just got approved to be foster parents and all of a sudden kids are ready to be placed with them and they need a bed tomorrow for these kids. And so we get the call and we have beds ready and we just run over and, and put them together. I'm blown away by that number of 300 beds. Give us a sense. Is that over years of time? Like what, what's kind of been the window? And just the thought that there's that many kids without beds in our city here in Colorado Springs that, that need them. Yeah, it's been about two years total since we started doing beds. Um, and honestly, we thought we were going to, we built 16 bunk beds the very first time we started. Um, my, my front driveway and everything looked like a lumber yard because we started out of my garage. Um, it was kind of crazy, actually. And, but we kind of thought, you know, we'll build, we'll build that's, that was 32 total beds between the 16 bunk beds. And so we thought, yeah, we're going to do these and eventually we'll get beds for all the kids, you know. But then we're starting to realize I don't think we're ever going to catch up. You know, there's, what, 500,000 people in Colorado Springs. Um, and these kids get taken out of homes every day. Mm. Um, and so on, it's heartbreaking that the, the requests keep coming. We can, we can barely keep up, though, with the requests that come through. We try to get every request that comes through. So obviously this is a need in our city, and, and you guys have found something and put your finger on something that, that is a real need. Talk to me a little bit about like, what it has been like for you to just use your hobby and use something that is a, a skill and bring it to bear on something that, that really is a felt need. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I really enjoy woodworking to begin with. Um, pretty much, kind of duplicated what Luke did in his garage and turned my garage into a workshop too, just to help do this. Um, and it's been a lot of fun because I I love working with wood and I love cabinet making and I like to build furniture. And this fit right into the whole thing that I enjoy doing to begin with. So it made it a real easy transition. Um, it's this season in scent uh, as we were talking about being scent. It's been so fun for me to see how wide the possibilities are of living scent. Yeah. Like sometimes growing up in a church or being in a church, it seems there's some narrow definitions of, well, this is what it looks like to to love your neighbor. You know, as you you may to tell them this, or you may just serve in the church in this way. And I'm thinking that there's there's all these people in the church who say, well, I, I'm not a good teacher, or I don't really feel a call to do this, but I I have this skill. Could you use this? And it's like they're 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 getting a chance to bring some of that to God and God saying, yes, yes, you can use this. And so, so my question is, uh, you shared a little bit about what a bunk bed does in the lives of people. What, what are these bunk beds doing in the lives of the people who are making them? You know, Luke and I share, like we split up our bunk bed build days and Luke does one day and I do another day. And this last bunk bed build day that I led, um, we had like nine people that I'd never met before come in and volunteer to do this with us, um, four children, several adults. And it was just so good to see them all working together and how well the children worked through the whole thing. I mean, they were just, they were busy the, the whole four or five hours that we worked that day um, and never stopped and always were contributing and always being valued. And it's really good to see the kids come in and step into this. And these are people, obviously kids don't have any woodworking background. And the parents are probably, you know, maybe IT people or something else, and they don't necessarily. But they fit in so well with us, and it works so well. It's just so, it's so heartwarming to see them volunteering. Yeah, it's really amazing to see 
the parents modeling serving for their children. Um, there's been so many ripple effects of this Love Your Neighbor team that I never anticipated. Um, things like, you know, families serving together that we didn't didn't really expect that they would have that profound effect. Seeing your being a little kid and looking up to your parents and seeing them serve, give their Saturday morning when you could be out doing something else is huge. Seeing the way that it affects the parents as well, being able to spend that quality time with their kids, being able to teach their kids, you know, we'll, we'll show them basic, you can show anybody how to drill a hole, but we show the parent and then they're teaching their kid, creating this connection. It's amazing. And that ripple effect, and it just keeps going. Um, we've heard so many stories from caseworkers that we work with that, so we knew we were going to affect the kids' lives. We know we were going to play a part in the kids' story. Um, we didn't see that bigger ripple effect. These caseworkers, like, I can't believe that someone from the church is just going to come. Why are you doing this? Oh, we just love you. That's all. Jesus said to love our neighbors. That's what we're doing. And then the family is there when we're delivering. Well, why, why, are, you, why are you bringing this bed to them? We just love them. Yeah, you don't, you don't know them. You don't know our family. Yeah, that's okay. We love you guys. Yeah, we don't go to your church. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we get that all the time. Well, so they, do they have to come to the church or something? <laughs> no, absolutely. We're not going to stand there and preach at them. We're, not, we're just going to love them. That's what we're supposed to do. And if they have a question and they want us to pray for them, absolutely. Otherwise, we're just going to love them. Have you, have you had anyone ever say, would you guys pray for us? Or? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, yeah, usually one of the members that's down on the delivery will ask if they can. And then a lot of times, you know, that they will, you know, say, well, let's pray. And then a lot of times the people will pray over us. And it, and that's really interesting, you know, that they, they are so thankful for what they've received. I know firsthand that sometimes it can be hard uh, just as, as guys to, to find good friends and, you know, to sit around uh, at a table maybe with a cup of coffee and talk about how we're doing uh, isn't as natural. But there's something about putting a hammer or a sander in someone's hand and going and serving together that really opens up some incredible things. I, I know that your friendship has grown because of this love your neighbor, but what has it been like for you just in community wise, kind of connecting with different people through this team? Men, like you said, they don't talk face to face very well, um, but men talk very well shoulder to shoulder. Uh, if we can be there driving screws or something, I've come very close with a lot of men in the church that I would maybe see on a Sunday or randomly and just say, Hey, or whatever. But now um, I know stuff about their family. I know about their lives. They ask me for prayer requests. Hey, can you pray for this? And it creates instant connection when you're serving together. Well, I mean, doing this for a couple of years, I imagine there are tons and tons of stories of just things that have happened. Are there any that are just on the front of your, your mind or heart that you're thinking through uh, that was just particularly impactful for you? There's one that, that really comes to mind. There was probably four or five of us on a bunk bed delivery. It was two bunk beds and one single bed. So there's five beds for a family. The family was, you know, in not a really good situation, but the kids all have a little bit of baggage they were carrying and a little bit of problems they were having. And they were being destructive in a way to our what we were doing. They just weren't working well with us. And, and we all felt the negativity of it. And then one of our members just turned around and just started leading like an impromptu Sunday school service for these kids um, and it was Kevin Parsons and he did just an unbelievable job guiding these kids literally took them into this other room so that we could continue finishing these beds and just you know explained what we do why we do it why God is involved you know the parents weren't all for this but the kids were, were so receptive to what he was saying it was a great experience yeah there are tons and tons of stories um, every delivery we go on impacts you in some way 
Um, I've said this many times before. A lot of times when we leave a, a bed delivery, we are in tears, um, either because you're so broken down because these kids have such a hard life. They're going through so many hard things or you're just so overwhelmingly happy because the kids were so pumped up and you know, they're on a better road, um, to, to feeling loved. Um, one of the things we put on every bed slat, um, is our brand. Um, it just says you are seen, you are known and you are loved. Mm. We pray that for every kid. We pray that as they lay down every night, that they would truly feel those words, no matter what happened, no matter what, you know, if they came in that day from school and slammed the door, cause foster mom was mad at them about something or whatever, but then they go lay down on their bed and they see those words. We pray they, we pray they really feel those and let them ring true in their heart. Yeah. Every single delivery we go on has some type of memory, some type of weight to it with us. Probably one of my funnest ones, actually the funnest part of the memory was before and we even walked in the door, we walked up to this apartment and I knock on the door and you just hear this little girl, she was a three-year-old girl, bunk beds. It's like, <laughs> oh my goodness. It's like, how beds. exciting. So she was actually in trouble sitting on the couch. She was in timeout, but she screamed bunk beds as soon as we knocked on the door. And it's like, man, and we had princess bedding for her. And she was like, she was so pumped up about getting her princess bedding. She had to sit in timeout the entire time we were there. But man, she was excited. It, it kind of started with one need. Like, hey, we're, we, we can go find two beds at Walmart that we can deliver. Now you're here. Like, what, what, what's your heart for going forward? Yeah, we are we're just constantly working with uh, other people in Colorado Springs. We're trying to um, partner with other businesses doing the same things, just loving their neighbors. We're getting into building some furniture for underprivileged families. It's something, this is actually a quote from Brian. If I can do it, I will. If somebody asked me to do it, I will. And so, yeah, that's, that's our posture. One of the things that's amazing to me is when this started, it was a truck with some things to fix a fence. And now you're talking about building bunk beds and you guys alluded to workshops that were in your garages and uh, I know you moved to a, a new location now where you actually have like a workshop set up. Is that right? And storage facilities for yeah. bunk beds. And I mean, Yeah, so we have a full woodworking shop um, at Pulper Rock Church now. Um, we have storage unit where we put all the beds that get stored. We have, we have a separate storage unit for mattresses that were donated. We've been blessed. The more I think about the last two years, um, if I had to pick a way to succinctly describe it, just be overwhelmingly blessed. I just, I never would imagine that any of this. And you took me on a tour of that workshop and uh, just to, to set this kind of image for people. Um, so there's this, this big room in a church, you know, like there, there are in all churches and it's a, it's a, a classroom. It's where tables are set up or, or where chairs are set up to a little stage and a sound system. And, you know, it's a place that normally you'd think of, oh, this is where we're going to have a great class. This is where we're going to come and learn and, and be together. But now half of that room has a giant curtain across it, and, and it's actually filled with all kinds of workshop tools, and uh, I don't know anything about what tools are, but <laughs> machines and presses and engines, or I don't know what's all in there, but it's like packed, and you you walk in this room, and, and yeah, there's still space for, for like people to come and learn and stuff, but it's it's also now the sending place. It's like people are coming in, and things are coming out of this classroom, not just coming in. It's just a, such a beautiful metaphor for the idea of being sent. And there's so much truth in that of just how that we often find ourselves 
you know, following needs. It starts with something small. It turns into something else. We, we say yes. A door opens. A new opportunity opens. What's that process been like for you guys individually? Um, not just following kind of the needs, but even in that self-discovery of your own, like, giftings and hobbies and things that you're good at. I had recently come to Christianity, so it was something that um, I knew being sent was, was really what I wanted to do. And so the self-discovery was that this was something that I could go out. It's really going out and just experiencing it with people, to live with people, to deal with people, um, to love people, um, because I truly believe that God's love is enough. And it's just, it's just the working with them, what it's, it's doing for their lives. It's, it's been really, really rewarding. And I, I've heard you say a couple times, Brian, that if you could quit your job and just do that, that you'd do it in a minute. Oh, I, w- I would definitely. That 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 eight to five job has really been a distraction in the middle of what I really <laughs> enjoy doing. <laughs> what about for you, Luke? What's that that process been like of just kind of discovering this stuff? And yeah, um, my process was much different. So I grew up um, going to a Methodist church and then went to non denominational church um, as a teenager, and I was very introverted. Um, didn't like kind of doing stuff, and you you hear the stories of people going across the world, doing great things or whatever. And I can just remember thinking, that sounds terrifying. Like, I don't ever want to do anything like that. And so I felt like for a long time, I just felt useless. I felt like, man, I have nothing to offer. What am I ever going to do for the good? Like, I don't want to walk up to somebody and say, hey, do you know about Jesus? Uh, There's just no way I ever pictured myself doing anything like that. So, yeah, I walked through half my life thinking, what, what's the point? Like, I'm never going to do any of this. Like, I've, I've failed for sure. Um, so it, I had to be very intentional about it, about seeking out um, what, what has God gifted me to do? Um, so I started kind of thinking about, man, what are my hobbies? What are my passions? Um, and I read some things online. And it put a lot of good things into perspective. Finding your passion. If you, what do you lose? What did I lose track of time when I'm doing? And for me, it's spending time out in the garage. I can be out in the garage. Let me set a little background here. I go to bed at nine o'clock every night, no matter what. So, but if I'm out in the garage working on a project and I could be out there for five, six hours and all of a sudden I look up and it's 10 o'clock, maybe my wife will come out and say, Hey, are you coming to bed tonight? Um, but I will absolutely lose track out there. I have a passion for, for woodworking, just like Brian does. Um, I absolutely love it. Um, so as I was like, okay. Um, and Thomas had mentioned some stuff a few years ago about inviting God into things you do on a regular basis. So I just started, Hey God, be with me while I'm out here. Um, you know, help me to, turn my passions into to something to love people. Um, and then as I started kind of reading and researching more, um, started thinking, what breaks my heart? And so I started to be intentional about, you know, you see something on the news, you're like, oh, and it just kind of stings, you know? Um, and so for me, I really realized it once we started helping these people, um, seeing these kids who, who don't have anything, or a lot of times the kids will show up the day before with a grocery bag or a rubber tote full of everything they own. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, man, I was like, man, that breaks my heart for these kids. And then we went on that bunk bed delivery and it just clicked. I was like, here's my passion. My passion is woodworking. This breaks my heart. Let's put them together. And so this is, it, for, it was easy. That's so good. And, and those questions, I, I think, I, I just want to say them again, because I think that they're yeah. so helpful. What am I good at? What do I lose track of time doing? What breaks my heart? You know, I don't know that those are the questions we often start with when we, we ask this question of what does it look like to kind of be sent in, in this world, but what great questions that could lead to all kinds of things 
that are so unique to how we're wired and how we're created, uh, but also meet such unique needs in our city. Yeah, I, I was thinking um, when you were talking earlier about kind of growing up feeling uh, sometimes we can almost feel like this burden or pressure or like, well, like God's like, well, I, I need you to go do this or do this or do this. And when I hear you guys talk about it, I hear a God that's saying, hey, I got this great idea. Let's go have fun. Let's go do some good. Let's go love some people. And I want to use your specific gifts and talents. And and that just sounds exciting. It's it's an, it's such an open invitation. And with those questions, I can hear people that maybe even listening to this today going, well, well gosh, I have I have some things. Could could God use these? And you know, your answer to that would be what? <laughs> Ours is yes, we can yeah. do those yeah. things. Um, we have had that. We had we had a, a family that was adopting, wasn't adopting, but they were fostering one child. Um, they, they said, yeah, well, we'd be happy to take in one child. And then they found out that that, that one child was a sibling and there was two other. And so he ended up, he said, well, we can't break a family. Let's take three girls. And he's, he's, you know, he, and that night he's going, no, what did I just get myself into? What am I? And he, and he breaks down and he's praying to God. He says, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what I'm going to do with three girls. And the next day he finds out about, you know, our, our organization and what we can do for them. And, and within two days, he's got bunk beds for three kids. Mm-hmm. And he's just, he's, he, he was just so amazed that, that God worked so well for what he needed and so quickly. And, and God's timing is, is amazing. I'll just say this because you guys can't see it. I know we're listening to this on a podcast, but as, as these two guys are telling these stories, they're grinning from ear to ear and just beaming. And that's part of it. When we find the thing that connects to our passion and to our heart, to what we're good at, like it is joy. It, it's not work. It's not burden. It's not chore. It's not something else. Uh, it, it is fun. It's just fun to join in what God is doing and to do it in a way that is so uniquely us. And so I, I, I've loved hearing some of these stories, guys. I, I thank you for sharing them with us. If there were people who wanted to just learn more about what you do, maybe folks who are local in Colorado Springs that even wanted to join you and be part of what you're doing. Is there a way for them to do it? Oh yeah, absolutely. We would love to have more volunteers, more people that come out and serve. Um, you can go to our Facebook page, uh, PRC love your neighbor, um, and send me a message there. Um, we're also on Instagram, um, PRC underscore love your neighbor. You can go check out our website at pulpitrock.com slash love your neighbor. Um, any of those will give you more information and direct you to ways to serve or ways to give. Well, guys, thanks for joining us at the table today. I, I loved hearing your story. I really love that idea. If, if there was kind of a takeaway from today is what you shared, Luke, uh, that God does not need extraordinary people. He needs ordinary people willing to say yes. And so we're praying that people hearing this, you guys are, are praying about saying yes in different ways in your own life. And so thanks for joining us at the table today. Appreciate Kyle, Brian. Thank you for having us. Thanks.